Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Open College podcast series. My name is Oksana and I'm going to be the host of this podcast. So with this episode, we're going to be talking to Femi Bancole. He's one of the founders of Black and Irish. And when speaking to Femi about Black and Irish, here's what he had to say. Black and Irish was founded, uh, Jesus, probably like six, seven months ago now. It feels like 10 years ago, I can assure you. But yeah, it was founded, uh, you know, the first week in June last year. And it was kind of a, a, an initial, initially it was a platform that was aimed at bringing the conversation about race, local and more specific to Ireland. Um, I think at the start of the whole George, George Floyd case um, over the summer, um, a lot of the narrative that was being pushed around was around, hey, this is an American problem, you know, white people out in the streets processing an American problem, why are people outraged by something that's America? Um, and it, it kind of, you know, between myself, um, Bonnie and Leon, um, obviously it was Leon's initial idea, but we, we kind of came together as a group of three friends. And, you know, we've had experiences um, in terms of racial experiences in Ireland, growing up in Ireland, we all grew up in Ireland. And we hadn't necessarily even spoke to each other about the experiences. We hadn't spoken to anyone else about the experiences. But it was kind of like a, a sighted thing that all black people knew that they'd experienced. And we felt maybe that it, it was time to maybe push forward a platform or such an, as, as, as an, uh, an organization to kind of bring those stories and bring those experiences uh, <laughs> to the rest of the country. And, and then go from there. So that was kind of the inception of uh, Black and Irish. That was the inception of the idea. Um, and it's kind of just um, spun out of control into what, what it is today. Yeah, no, it definitely has. Because um, I just seen recently that you guys have also started a podcast with RTE. And then you were also included. Um, you're, getting, well, you're getting quite famous now, Femi. <laughs> you're, also, <laughs> you're also in The Independent in, a, in their magazine. So I've seen you that doing all that so it's great to me. I'm just like I nothing has changed for me I'm still the big Egypt who's just making things up as he goes <laughs> so not for me it's 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 great um you know on, on the outside but internally it's just you know nothing much has changed there's still a lot more work to do and you know we we especially with, with myself and, and 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 the rest of the two lads you know we have our eyes fixed firmly on the prize and that, and that for us is um making Ireland a more equal and inclusive place and I personally feel we're still quite a long way away from that. Yeah it's quite evident though that you're quite successful at it. One of your quotes actually they got from another podcast that I was listening to that you were on that you were saying you want to create a sustained spark but turn it into a flame and I think you're actually like you're getting there like it's it's like what I was going to say worldwide it's nationwide now I suppose black and Irish is quite an you know, Irish thing obviously um, yeah. so fair play to you guys like that's thank you it's really cool fair play like yeah I really respect what you're doing um I wanted to also I suppose bring up the whole thing of like how important is it for you guys um as like as founders how important is it for you and for people to see what you're all about and what you're doing yeah it's it's, it's massively important but I, I, I suppose for, for us it actually isn't about us it isn't it isn't about you know, myself, Bonnie and Leon or like Amanda or, or, or the wider team, what we feel like is we're kind of like, you know, just enabling a conversation that's well long overdue to be ha- to be had. 
And then further follow on, following on from the conversations, you know, it's not just about having the conversations. You know, what I always say is like, you know, something tangible has to come from this, something, you know, you know, what are the next steps? How do we then go about, you know, changing these experiences? How do we then go about making actual change? How do we then go about, you know, affecting real policies? You know, how do we go about bringing online discourse into the real world? And that's actually quite a very difficult thing to to do, you know, when, when you talk about, you know, social media, when you talk about modern um, discourse, everything happens online usually. And when things happen online, you tend to one either get carried away, either you're stuck in an echo chamber, and it's 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 very easy to be like, oh yeah, well this thing is trending today, tomorrow's a new thing that's trending, and you know, and and so on and so on. And in that sense, nothing tangible ever gets done. Now, to flip that on, on, on its head and to actually like affect real change. So we're talking about we're talking about making Ireland a more inclusive place for for black and, and mixed race people. Well, that needs to come that needs to come from you know the top down and the bottom up. And what I'm talking about is maybe you know you start off in like the schools and the grassroots. You know, a common trend that we see uh, from our page, from our stories, and from like you know, our own personal experiences is that the bulk of our kind of like racial experiences. Um, you know, occur to us in our youth in primary, secondary school, secondary school days, which are, you know, hugely de- developmental years for a kid. And, you know, those kind of experiences can have massive setbacks on, you know, people's emotional, mental development. So it's okay, okay, Grant, we, 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 we've identified that problem and that trend through discourse. Now, how do you go about changing that? You know, are teachers being trained enough in, in terms of, you know, dealing with racial matters? Do we have a diverse enough teaching teaching force to enable for that change to be sustained? Do we have, you know, the right materials and the right diverse materials in the curriculum to to, to start to bulk and, and bulk and change that trend to, to start to, you know, make, you know, children of colour feel more included, feel more adequately represented in their curriculum. So those are real things that, that you can actually do to affect, you know, the, the change and affect, you know, the experiences of, you know, young children primary, secondary school. Now, how do you go about that? That requires lobbying the government. That requires maybe actually coming up with a new curriculum itself. That requires, you know, infiltrating, I'm saying that in very commas, infiltrating the, the teaching system and and seeing you know why don't we have a more diverse teaching workforce? So you know we've only been around six seven months. So even me just <laughs> just saying those little things of one little section of the issues you know people color face, you can you can see you know the the amount of work that that needs to be done, and you can see that you know it's great having the social media presence, but for for real changes to be had, you know that needs to be turned into something something tangible to actually start to affect real long-term change do you know what I mean oh yeah no definitely and actually as you were talking about um school and how there isn't like the curriculum isn't very diverse and the teachers need further training and that kind of thing now I'm not black I'm very very milky but Mm -hmm. um I'm Russian so I do kind of relate in a way when you're talking about that there isn't any like you don't see yourself in the things that are being taught um it's obviously not on the same level but I do relate in a way to what you're just saying to me there um it's yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. It's, and, and it's funny you know what, to the, see the kind when of I talk about diversity, 
diversification of, of a curriculum. Like, it's not just about, you know, making sure, like, you know, Black people are represented as such. But, like, you know, you can talk about even, like, just exposing kids to a variety of different cultures exactly. you know if you even if you want to teach people about you know like, like i said russian history russian has like a big massive colorful history and even if you spend yeah. a week during the curriculum to teach children about different cultures and and that that in in in, in its in its way already starts to trigger those kids to you know to kind of like expand their mindset and expand their Mm. Their, their their point of view of the world to be like you know well the world does not just revolve around me and my experiences or revolve around you know what happens in Ireland or what's happening in Europe and be like you know there's South American culture there's there's African culture there's Asian culture and there's like you know East Asian West Asian you know there's there's so many things that you can open the eyes of your kids to and you know ra- rather than focusing on you know some 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 subjects or some items that probably don't really have as much impact onto the develop, development of a kid you you could you could flip the curriculum around to start mm-hmm. to actually you know affect the active development and the broadening of a mindset of, of a mm-hmm. child you know oh yeah no definitely and do you think it's just a case that people are people tend to be set in their ways so I suppose with curriculum and even just how teachers are kind of like in Ireland, for example, to be a teacher, you have to have Irish. And if you come from a different country and you don't have Irish, well, you know, tough luck, you can't be a teacher, even though you could be the best teacher in the world. So what if you don't know Irish? So do you think there's just a sense of kind of being stuck in the past a bit? No, um, absolutely. absolutely. And when people talk about, you know, systematic racism or systematic discrimination, you know, you can argue that, you know, that sort of policy to, to state that, you know, you need to have Irish to become a teacher, regardless if you're teaching Irish or not, kind of, kind of illustrates that because it, it means that you know people from other you know environments cultures countries can't access you know a job based off you know a, a restriction that you know if, if you if you want to become a, a, an Irish teacher obviously you need to have Irish but or if you're going to be teaching you know different bits of Irish you know it makes sense but for that to be you know a policy that ostracizes a large majority Pretty much any any foreign person from com- from becoming a, from becoming a teacher kind of points points to you know so, some sort of flaw in the system and then to maybe just to answer your question in terms of you know teachers being stuck in their ways yeah absolutely like you know especially you know if you're talking about teaching if you're talking about you know the Department of Education they, these are quite old and archaic structures in terms of how they operate and they do absolutely tend to be stuck in their ways you know. Teachers have taught, you know, the same curriculum for 10, 20, 30 years. It's very difficult for them to change. It's it's like, you know, well, this is the way we've, all, we've always done things. And, you know, to, to bring about actual change in that sense, I personally feel has to come from, from the top, has to come from the government, has to come from the Department of Education. If the Department of Education were to make an active stance to really, really diversify the curriculum, you know, the teachers in the schools would have, no no choice but but to adopt that you know oh yeah no definitely I suppose then when it comes to the Department of Education and then I in a kind of the doll I suppose there isn't really much representation when it comes to a diverse kind of amount of people there so like I suppose my point is that if you're white and you grow up in a certain culture it's not that you don't know anything else um it's just because that's kind of your world it's your bubble 
So yep. if you don't have anybody else around you influencing your way of thought, so say, like I don't know, me and you would be colleagues in the doll, we would talk about these things and maybe come to like an agreement on something and change things. But I suppose maybe the doll is quite whitewashed. There isn't much, res- I don't think there's actually any representation in there. Yeah, and, 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 and um, what tends to then happen is that, oh, okay, well, you know, if uh, an environment is not representative of, of, of its population, what then tends to happen is that, you know, you know, let's say, as you said, the doll is, you know, allegedly whitewashed. What that mm-hmm. means is that, you know, people are trying to, you know, make policies or affect change based off their experience or their perceived, you know, um, perceived, items that they feel like the public need so if, if they're not being you know if they don't have a, a diverse mind if they're not being if they're not interacting or you know facing these issues that might affect minorities on a, on a daily basis nor do they have sight of those issues then how can they affect policies or change to bring about a more inclusive you know country or a more inclusive curriculum or more inclusive yeah. policies so it, it then goes back to the inherent bit to, to show that we actually need active representation in all these spaces to make sure that, you know, the policies and the laws and everything else in between is actively rep- representative and actively inclusive of the population. Definitely. And I think that kind of goes out to media as well, um, sports, all these different areas that um, I suppose they kind of need to have more like as you say active representation in those areas like when you think about Irish media I don't really know anybody who comes from much of a diverse background in Irish media um yeah I know there's yeah. one girl in RTE I think her name is Zainab Baladale or something like that um she would be the only kind of girl that comes into my head as a TV RTE presenter who comes from a black background otherwise I don't think I can think of anybody else yeah, and like you know that that kind of like tends to lead to like you know people just not you know consuming Irish media because you know people feeling like well I'm not really represented in Irish media so oh well look there's UK media and there's UK music and TV shows and TV whatever and they feel more represented there and in that sense you know I I know quite a lot of creators in in different aspects whether it's music where it's been an influencer whatever the hell it is who 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 take the um the leap of being like, well, I'm going to leave Ireland because I, I don't I don't see a space here for me. I don't I don't see anyone, you know, ahead of me, you know, that I can aspire to. I don't see myself being able to break into the industry here. So I'm going to, I'm going to move to another country like the UK or America where I feel like we're, we're more actively represented. So yeah. if, if, again, you know, there, there, there's two spaces to it. There's two prongs to it. It's like one, if you know minorities are not being seen themselves adequately represented in these spaces such as such as media where it's tv music that automatically means that you have less minorities aspiring to be in those spaces because you know it's as you say if i can't see it i can't i can't be it and then secondly you then have a second wave of if you do manage to get some minorities who who get past that who are still interested who have the talent who have the know-how they don't see a space here for for, the, for them for them in Ireland, and and they they start to leave the country. Now saying that now, um, again, I'm not I'm not young anymore per se, but I but I do know that there there is quite a lot of great Irish local talent who are the regard you know disregarding these these barriers as such are still trying to make um 
you know, make a space for themselves in Ireland are still trying to, you know, break into the industry or are still, you know, creating some, you know, some, some, some great media, some great music, TV shows, whatever the hell is going on. Um, so, so, so it's not, it's not to paint everyone with the same brush, but just saying that we're putting ourselves at a, at a disadvantage, especially in the media industry, by not making Ireland a more, you know, inclusive and accessible place for, for our talent, for yeah. people, minority groups. Yeah, no, definitely. It's actually interesting that you say there about um, people our age, I suppose, that they don't really see anybody before us. But I do wonder, right, because you also mentioned the USA and the UK. Do you think, obviously, the US and the UK, they're quite ahead of us when it comes to um, being a more diverse culture? I would say how many decades? 30, 40, if not more. US, definitely a lot more. But in Ireland, like immigration into Ireland has been, what, maybe in the last 20, 30 years that it has really kind of upped. So, it would be people kind of my age and your age that will be kind of breaking the barriers and kind of doing these new things. Whereas before our parents who would have been the immigrants, because is it that you and I would be kind of considered first generation immigrant, isn't it? Because yeah. yeah, yeah. So they would kind of arrive to Ireland and maybe they were a bit kind of, I don't know, maybe afraid or nervous or something that they just kind of saw an opportunity. They came here for, you know, the better life and they just wanted to make a good home for their family. Whereas you and I would be coming through breaking the, how would you call it, the glass ceiling maybe or whatever you want to call it. And we would start seeing these opportunities and going out into them um, to start, you know, for, for us to then be the people that the people before, after us come up and see and say, yes, we can do this and look at them, they did it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 that's, you know, really important in that sense to, to, to say that, you know, Ireland is still quite early on yeah. in its race journey, but that doesn't mean for us to be complacent either. You know, we're we're, we're potentially still going going down a path in which we're we're potentially, you know, we could make the same mistakes that the UK and US did. And you can you can see, you know, little rumblings of that, you know, based on, you know, just online discourse and like recent events. So we're at a quite a critical and crucial stage in Ireland in the next over the next five, ten years, in which we 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 can, you know, become a far more inclusive um country, put put the systems in, in, in place to allow for more inclusivity across the entire country, across all spaces in the country. But, you know, the the attitude and the um and the zeal to do that has to be there. The opportunity has to be there. And, you know, we, we need to maybe seize upon that opportunity in the coming years to try to try and, you know, not make the same mistakes as, as other countries have on, on their racial journeys. And maybe learn from some of these other countries and maybe implement similar policies that, that we've seen to have, to have worked in, in these other countries. You know, for example, you know, like Ireland doesn't even have like hate crime legislation here. So it's like, you know, how, how do we expect there to be, you know, a more positive rapport between, you know, black people and law, law enforcement is they feel like, you know, their issues and their worries and their inter their, you know, experiences based on race would not even be, you know, validated or not validated, would not be, you know, understood by the police force. So it's like, well, listen, if I have a racial experience, there's no point in me even going going to the Gardaí because they're not going to deal with it because we don't have any policies or laws in place in Ireland to combat that. Then moving on to the US and what's going on over there. Obviously it's Martin Luther King Day um, on the 18th 
And, you know, obviously he was a massive black rights activist. And then in comparison there, you have Trump at the moment, who is just, as people call him, the Cheeto or whatever it is in the White House at the moment. So obviously everything going on there. And then Biden coming in, he is just like a bright light that people are trying to cling on to who's going to be coming in on the 20th. Do you think there will be much of a change from obviously there will be much of a change, but how much would you actually actually think Biden will be able to do with kind of moving society forward from what it is at the moment from when he actually goes into his presidency? Yeah, it's it's, it's quite interesting, um, to be honest. You know, my my own personal opinion is um, the the American political system is is one that has many 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 flaws mm-hmm. and i and i think you know it's it's always quite interesting i always kind of find find quite find it quite funny how people in Ireland for example would probably know a lot more about you know american politics that they would know about like our Us. own politics locally Stop. So, yeah, like I uh, was bet into the elections. It was not even normal. I sat there and when Biden got elected, I got really emotional. I was like, oh, this is great. We have it like, because, you know what, to me, it was like this fight of good against evil. And yeah. to see the evil losing, I was just, I was so happy. I was like, we have a good person coming in because whether yeah. people like it or not, America is the biggest influence on, on society and the world at the moment. And to have someone that's actually a good, decent leader is massive. Absolutely no, massive. No, so it was... absolutely, and I think that was going to be my next point. After, like you know, I could I can understand why people you know are focused on due to you know the influence America um kind of has as as a vast representation of society. Um, given the past four years, some change some change is is absolutely needed. But I I do want us to be very you know aware as well that you know for I don't know what the um split between the um. The election was, I think it was like 55 or 60% to like 40%. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for all 60% who are, you know, liberal, who voted for, um, you know, Joe Biden and all that kind of crack, you know, there's also another 40% who are the total opposite. And we're in a society that I feel has, it's probably more divisive than, than it's ever been. And I, what tends to happen and what I see is um, kind of on both sides, people just being ready to shut down and attack each other rather than, you know, maybe I think we need to, we all need to get to a stage now where we need to be able to as much and as different other people's opinions are, and as much we, as we might not agree to it, we need to absolutely respect other people's opinions, other people's, you know, dispositions, other people's political opinions. And in, in, in that way, you know, we can actually start to, you know, find a way forward. As when I'm talking about here, is if you have like a, a staunch right wing person who you perceive to be racist and has and is like pro capitalist policies and pro, you know, I don't know anti liberal social policies. Maybe you know engaging in 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 conversation w- with those people is probably the best way forward because what, what i've got to realize over the past six months to a year is that you know on both sides of the table you know as a liberal for example you feel you're right you feel that how can anyone else think other than this and you know how is this unjust thing happening but if you kind of like flip the flip your thinking to i'll put yourself in the shoe of the other person who's on like, you know, the other side of the political spectrum, they're thinking the same thing. They're thinking, you know, what I'm doing is right. 
how can you know these liberals, for example, be thinking this alt way? Isn't it? Isn't it so obvious? So if we're in a society where everyone thinks what they're doing doing is right, and there there, there isn't necessarily you know some sort of like ultimate moral compass, it's so it's because at the end of the day, pe- people are different. I think we need to get to a place now, rather than stoking that division, we we need to get to a place where we can you know all exist in a way where we respect that people will have different opinions and, and as long as those opinions and and those you know political dispositions as such are not actively oppressing anyone that's okay Do yeah you know? definitely oh no yeah no totally agree with you i just think that that would be quite a lot of barriers that would need to be broken down to actually get to a point because people are just we're human everybody's stuck in their ways some can be extremely stubborn. You believe what you believe. Actually, with America, what I find sometimes, specifically, now look, I'm. I would openly say, I, if I was in America, I'd probably be very much, 100% democratic. But I find that with the liberal side is, you know, you see interviews online with them and the questions that they're asked, and a lot of the stuff they don't really know the answers to, and especially young people, it just seems that they're Republican just because their family was that way but they haven't really formed their opinion fully yet or they've just grown up in a little small town somewhere in the Bible Belt and it's just kind of how it is. That's kind of their bubble. That's their life, do you know? So to break down those kind of barriers for people to kind of... Yeah, do you know what? My my, my way of, of, of kind of looking at this, because you make a very interesting point, is that I think people are lazy in terms yeah. of um, their kind of political and personal beliefs, as in, you know... So, for, for example, if I feel some way about something or feel like this is wrong or feel like I don't agree with this person's opinion, I actually personally like to like take my time and really, really think about it. Be like, OK, why do I feel that way? Am I just, you know, do I just have my back up because I hate being wrong? You know what? I always like to ask myself, like, you know, the three whys. So, for example, you know, let's let's take something like, I know, controversial which shouldn't be controversial, like gay marriage, right? Um, and, you know, f- for me, it's like, okay, a lot of people were, are against gay marriage and a lot of people are for gay marriage. And I'm like, okay, how do I feel about this? And it's like, you know, I would know people who are gay and I've interacted with them my entire life. Do I, you know, do I see an issue with them getting married? Like, no, why should it be an issue? You know, really, really understand your kind of grinding in your beliefs rather than kind of like, you know, jumping onto what you feel like you should believe, jumping onto like, you know, your, you know, what's trending or, you know, what's in your echo chamber. You know, like if, if you follow me on social media, I actually like tend to really refrain from posting about anything yeah. at all. You know, any sort of like, you know, political or societal discourse because things happen so, so quickly that your opinions change. <laughs> Yes. change all the all, all the time and you kind of need to you know in a world where you need to you know be reactive be on the point be on the ball with your reactions and tweet in time and be on trend maybe and, and you know that actually sets some sort of a you know dangerous rhetoric in in the sense that like you know give yourselves a minute to formulate your opinion give yourselves a minute to say you know before you send that tweet before you you know before you engage in, in, in a back and forth with some with someone, you know, do your research. Why do I feel that way? Listen to, to listen. What I started doing very, very recently is that 
when I have an opinion of something, right? Rather than, you know, watching videos and doing research of people that have the same opinion as me, mm-hmm. I watch videos or do research on people who have the opposing opinion as me. And what that either does is it makes me even stronger in my opinion as to why I'm, I'm against this. Mm-hmm. Or it makes me think, okay, maybe I'm I'm against this for 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 the wrong reasons. Do you know what I mean? Rather oh, yeah, than definitely. you know being in an echo chamber where everyone feels the exact same way as you, and that yeah. way you're not really challenging your opinions. You're not actually really fully formulating your your own opinions. You think you are. We're being kidded into thinking we formulate our own opinions. We're being kidded into thinking where we are. You know, thinking for ourselves. And, you know, we are, we are like, you know, for example, right, as controversial as, as it might sound, you know, I would, I would say myself, I'm like center left, you know, liberal. Okay. Yeah. But when I go in and do some research and look at economical policies and social policies, I think, oh, wait, I actually agree personally with a lot of the things that, that happens on the right side, on like, yeah. you know, on, on, on the right economical side or the right social side. So that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, every time, I hear someone right wing, whatever, talking about something. It's like, well, I have to disagree with that because because I'm I'm left wing. We have to take each situation as it is and critically think about it and critically, you know, kind of formulate, you know, our, our own thoughts on it rather than, you know, maybe focusing on or sorry, taking on what the status quo is or what's expected of me because of my, my own, you know, perceived beliefs. Belief. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I think in Ireland we're kind of lucky in that kind of sense that we can um, be a floating voter, as they say as well. I feel yeah. like in America it's not really, well, from what I see anyway, I mean, I don't live there, but from what I see, it's like you're either one or the other, and that's yes. it. There isn't exactly. much of a change. Whereas here, like you said, you can do your research if you're smart enough to go off and do your yeah. research and um, make a decision. You don't have to be one or the other. You can you can move around, do you know? Yeah, and I think in Ireland, you know, we're in a generation, you know, who, who Prior to this, we've been accused of not maybe being politically tuned in. But I'd say, you know, the younger generation right now is probably more politically tuned in and more tuned into social issues than ever, which is which is a great thing, but also maybe a slightly dangerous thing in, in terms of, you know, people not actively challenging their own ways of thinking. And, you know, if, if challenging your way of thinking doesn't necessarily mean, you know, trying to, you know, think on like you know the opposite sides or whatever it's, it's just for me putting yourselves in someone else's shoes for just a minute to either really really you know confirm how you feel or maybe bring yourself into you know a different point of view yeah i know i agree with you definitely you have to otherwise you're just kind of narrow-minded aren't you to be stuck in your own kind of way um, i suppose kind of moving as well away from all the political talk have yeah. you experienced well, i suppose it would be kind of political but my next question i suppose is have you experienced racism yourself or yeah, any kind of, of discrimination? Yeah, of course. I've I have experienced a lot of discrimination growing up. Um, it's actually really funny. Um, you know, during the whole summer and everything like that. Uh, that's like I I I never stopped to think about the racial experiences that I that I've had. I'm quite you know my personality is I'm quite like a positive, happy person. You know, okay. K four kind of a person, and I I I never I don't deal with my emotions basically, being honest about it. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I never kind of you know I'd have different experiences, and I never kind of like stopped and and take note. I just brushed them off and like ah yeah it's grand, and just move on to the next thing. And it wasn't until like the summer, um when I was doing like different like insta lives and like chatting, and I even like chatting to my sister. She would like tell me all these different things that like happened growing up, and I'm like oh my god. Yeah, man, I totally forgot about that. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I didn't even see 
see that in that way. And it's kind of like, you know, in the moment when things are happening to you, you don't, you, you don't necessarily see them as like, you know, overt or covert racism. And it's not until you kind of like think back at them, think, think back to those moments. You're like, oh crap, you know, these different things happened to me. These different things have kind of like shaped the kind of person I am today. These different things have had these different emotional, you know, um, effects on me. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, you you really kind of like you know start 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 to think about like the different racial experiences that you had. You know, I even had like a racial experience. Um, you know, as, as recent as like I think it was like just before lockdown, like in like January, February last year. And uh, I think I I was on a night out with two of my white mates. Um, just on Dawson Street, um, in town, and we were all like, I don't know, like very very drunk whatever <laughs> uh, we're trying to get into an establishment on, on on dawson street and like the bouncer wasn't having any of it he was just like you aren't going in <laughs> which is fine uh and uh we were just like you know obviously like trying to like chance our arms and then like this guy um walks by us and he's like yeah blacks the back of the line i was like oh my god so obviously i remember um like my two white mates were you know, very, very incensed at the situation. And we're trying to like, you know, like fight the guy or whatever. And I, you know, calm the situation down. And I, and I, you know, the, the bouncer who was there actually saw the, saw what happened. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And, like, and he let us in. But what I'm actually trying to take out of that situation is that did not register to me as a racial event. I did not remember that. I did not even remember that the next day. And it wasn't until, um, I, was, I think I was, I was on a Insta Live uh, about six or seven months afterwards and I was chatting about like my racial experiences and, and someone's asking you know have you had like any racial experiences and I was like oh no I haven't really had anything happen to me or whatever like you know mm-hmm. and my mate was messaging me be like Femi I was I was there like three months ago when this happened to you and I was like oh my god so like you know what happens to me is I have all these different experiences and I just totally like internalize them I don't deal with them I don't you know I I I, I don't confront them in a way and it's something that I'm, you know, actively trying, 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 trying to work on, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm laughing now, but it, it is, you know, quite, quite sad in the way that I've maybe kind of become desensitized to some of these experiences yeah. that I have that I don't even see them as as a big deal, and hence it doesn't register with me, nor do I like, you know, remember them, yeah. you know. Oh no, I totally like I know I kind of relate. But now maybe it's the same for you. But for me, now I, obviously I don't know if you were born here or you moved here when you were quite young. For me, I moved here quite young. And when I moved here quite young, I made the like, I, I remember this. And as an adult, I would talk about it openly. But as a kid, I'd be like, no, no, you don't need to know my business. But as a, as a kid, I was really, really like put so much effort into not hiding that I'm Russian, but not acting that I'm Russian. I really wanted to fit in and be so Irish. So do you think it was a case maybe that you kind of omit these experiences in your mind because maybe from when from a young age, you also kind of wanted to fit in more into the way society is and, you know, that these bad experiences, you're like, no, we, we just won't think about that. Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm whether I want to admit it to myself or not. You know, every t- what every teenager wants, and every young person wants is not to be different. It's to be like part of the status quo, if that kind yeah. of makes sense. You know, like you don't want to stand out. You don't want to be bullied for anything. You don't want anything to necessarily like stand out about you, which is stupid and funny when you think back about it because, you know, being an adult, all you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> you want to be the different person. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, when, when you think about that, so 
yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I definitely try to, you know, not necessarily hide my blackness, but, you know, I, I, I'd say I was definitely ashamed of my culture in my youth. I was ashamed of who I am. And it wasn't until, and, you know, I, I, w- I would say part of that was because, you know, society made me feel that way. You know, it wasn't fashionable or flashy to be black. You know, I had a big, wide nose and really short hair and dark skin and big lips. You know, all things that I used to be made fun of when when I was a kid, you know, all things I'm very proud of now, like yes. in in my adult age. But it it just means that like you know, in these key devel- developmental years, you know, between like twelve and twenty one, I'm spending all this extra effort hating myself, trying to change myself to fit into the status quo. Whereas you know, now in my older age, I'm just unapologetically black. I'm unapologetically femi. That's me. This is who I am. This is how I feel about things. This yeah. is this is how I feel comfortable in my own skin and I will debate anyone to the ends of the earth who, who tries to tell me otherwise you know oh, but that's what you have to be because if we were all the same it would be such a boring life like everything would just be like you know grey it would just be boring everybody has to be different and be themselves and just that's it yeah. you know like you and, said and, unapologetically and I, Femi. absolutely and I think you know as, as bad as it may sound like I'm sick of having my race defining I am, yes. I am far more than the colour of my skin. The colour of skin yes. does not define who I am, does not define how I act, does not define... I am just myself, a human being that who's been yeah. shaped by his own life experiences. And I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to get along in life and in the world, in the world, as we yeah. all are, you know. Life is difficult, as as we all say, and, you know, the less things that each person has, has to worry about, you know, yeah. the better quality of life you can, you, you can tend to have, like, you know. Yeah, like you say all this and every single bone in my body is like, oh, my God, a person relates to how I lived. <laughs> it's crazy because everything you say there about like you're unapologetically you and all these kind of things. I felt the exact same way just as I started to get older, because I always felt and it's only until like recently that I kind of started to get more mature because, you know, being 30, it's only getting there for me. But um, I found that I was always stuck in this like cultural limbo, like I'm on this yeah. fence. Like, I'm not Russian. I'm not Irish. When I go to Russia, I don't really fit in anymore because I've been shaped like Russian parents raised me, but Ireland shaped me. So yeah. I feel really like I go over there. People look at you as if like you're not from here, even though, yeah. you know, my name's Russian. Everything I, I speak Russian fluently, you wouldn't be able to tell. And then here it's like, well, you're not actually really Irish, even though you sound Irish. I did everything here. I grew up here. I, I feel very Irish. I feel more Irish than I am Russian, to be honest. And yeah. It's just... You know what's funny about that, right? Because, you know, I, I get it from like both sides personally. It's like, oh, well, you're not black enough, this or that. Or, you yeah. you know, you've, I don't know, I, 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 I've not immersed myself into my African culture or I, I've, I'm, again, I just, I'm not Irish enough or I've over immersed myself into Irish culture. And personally for myself, I just see myself as a, as a, you know, quasi Irish Nigerian person I've taken the best of both cultures and I've mixed it all together and that's that's maybe the kind of person I am I'm absolutely proud to be Nigerian proud to be Yoruba proud of my culture proud of my upbringing um love every aspect of me that that you know that's Yoruba which is where I'm from which is like you know the tribe I'm I'm from mm-hmm. in Nigeria but I also love every part of me that's that that's Irish so, you know, even when, you know, people are trying to be like, you know, oh, being Irish is this, being Irish is that. I'm like, hey, 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 you can't you can't say that. That's 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 me you're talking about. Or if people are trying to, again, do the same to, you know, 
being a Nigerian Yoruba. I'm like, no, 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 no. So it's it's kind of like a, a nice fusion of both cultures. And I think that's quite unique. And um, th- that kind of, you know, I kind of came to that place a few years back. And I'm just like, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and pander to either culture. I'm just going to be, you know, as I say, a product of my environment and be, be happy in, in, in taking the best parts of both cultures and, and develop as the kind of person that I see myself of wanting to be. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, you know, kind of push myself to fall into any, any societal construct of how a black or, or a Nigerian Yoruba person is supposed to act or how a black Irish person is supposed to act. I'm going to act how I feel. I want to act what suits my personality, what suits my way of being, and what makes me happy. Because at the end of the day, life's too short to be pandering to what makes the masses happy or to, to, to see yourself in what box society feels like you, you need to take to be you know, accepted, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like, as long as you're a good person, sure, what, what nothing else matters. Well, I don't opinion, know if I'm anyway. a good person now, anyway, but <laughs> that's another debate. <laughs> ah, stop. <laughs> you're a good person. That's it. Oh, God. It's actually funny that you mentioned the whole thing of, like, um, your blackness doesn't define you and all this kind of thing. I found I had this conversation with my partner as well. We're, we're, we're planning a wedding and we first started talking about, like, how I should incorporate all these Russian things into the wedding. And I was mm-hmm. like, hang on, like, me being Russian is not just who I am. Like, it doesn't define me. So I just kind of thought that was an interesting tidbit that I was like, I, I fully relate to that as well. Like, yeah. it's just, it's my life. <laughs> like, yeah, and this, and this, this, this isn't like a dig off, let's say, like a black person who, re, who who's black and Irish and who really just wants to embrace and engulf themselves only in their Nigerian culture. That's totally yeah. fine. Or if oh, you're yeah. a black person, black and Irish person who just fully wants to immerse yourself in Irish culture, that's mm-hmm. also totally fine. Like, each yeah. to your own. I'm, I'm kind of like it. sick of people trying to, you know, because let's say like you're a black black and Irish person and you really just fully immerse into Irish culture and you kind of like, you know, turn your nose up at, you know, black people who fully immerse themselves into Nigerian culture or vice versa. Like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I think people need to stop trying to put everyone else in, into, into some sort of box and if someone does not fit into the same box that you kind of, you, you put yourself in, Mm-hmm. then you know there's there's something wrong with them or you turn your nose up at, at, at those people like you know life's too short for that in my opinion no definitely just embrace everybody and live and let live is what I say as well Absolutely. um yeah no definitely okay I'm I'm gonna have to wrap this up I suppose Femi I'm gonna have to leave you go I've kept you here long enough I think it's nearly an hour now so thank you um, so much for coming on and having a chat with me no thanks for having me on I, I totally enjoyed it. I feel like I've poured out all my emotions online and that was Femi Bancole on Black and Irish I hope you enjoyed this topic as much as I did if you want to listen to more of any of our episodes you can find us by searching the Open College podcast series on any of the usual podcast platforms that you listen to thanks again for listening 